Thanks for listening. Join us now for Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Chris Berman is with us today. He is a friend of ours here at Perry and Shauna Mornings, a listener just like you who started texting into the station. We started praying for each other and just developed this friendship. He's volunteered to be at events that Moody is at, and we've just been alongside each other and doing life together. And as Chris's story has unfolded in front of us, we've said, Oh my goodness, Chris, you got to tell your story on air. You got to share this with the rest of our friends. Mm -hmm. So he's here this morning to do just that. Just to catch up a little bit on the background, at six years old, he was diagnosed with diabetes, and that is what led him to, to a place of giving his heart to the Lord. So it all started back at six years old. But then there were years that hit, you know, through those teenage years where he was not pursuing relationship with the Lord. And there was abuse that's a part of his story. Um, pornography was a part of his story. And so in his senior year of high school, he decided, I'm just going to be done. Rather than wrestling back and forth with this Christianity thing, I'm just going to be done with Jesus and I'm going to put him aside. And then, Chris, I want to pick up the story there. Yeah, You went into college and got mm-hmm. into a relationship. Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, for me, college was more just high school 2.0. It was, but without having to go home or be responsible to parents, it was literally just an excuse to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and where did you go to school? Aquinas. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And that right. was literally just because they gave the most financial aid when yep. I, when I put in my applications. Yeah. So, so continue. Continued the lifestyle that I, that I had previous to that, but just amped up, yeah. you know, I didn't have a bedtime. I didn't have any accountability at all. And what so, was the lifestyle? I mean, I had a lot of pornography. I smoked all the time. I would just think about myself. It was just, what do I want? What can I get for me? Mm-hmm. And I tried to, I tried to pursue, you know, real meaningful relationships. But at the same time, my life contradicted that in so many ways. So you ended up in a relationship with a girl in college. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us yeah. about that. Um, her name is Lindsay, and I. I fell in love with her and I, through various circumstances, felt that she was the one. Mm-hmm. And consistent with my lifestyle going up to that point, we had sex well before any thoughts of marriage were there. And shortly thereafter, she got pregnant mm-hmm. and I was incredibly scared. Mm. And so was she. How old were you? 18. Yeah. Wow. Did you feel like you had any options? Did you tell anybody? Nope. Did you feel any support? No. My first reaction was very similar to when I lived at home and when I would get caught drinking or when I would get caught doing anything, it was just fire control. It was damage control. That was the first thing that came Mm -hmm. to mind. Mm -hmm. So what did that look like for you in this situation? That looked like going and making sure that, that there wasn't any STDs and that went to the, and going to the clinic and getting, and and having an abortion. Mm -hmm. It was just put this behind us, get this quote unquote mistake to make sure that we don't have to live with the consequences of our actions. Yeah. It was really tough. And the the hardest part about it for me was not actually the decision for the abortion. It was the, the congratulations afterwards. You know, that when, that time in sports, you know, when somebody like jumps up into your arms and like lift him up and carry him off the off the field or the the yeah. court or whatever, that's kind of what I did with my girlfriend. Mm. 
Like I lifted her up. I was like, ah, I'm so happy. I'm so thankful. Mm. But I was so unbelievably empty. Mm. I'm like, why am I praising this? We just ended a life. Like it was so. Have you been able to process that? You know, celebration (laughs) on one hand, emptiness on the other. Have you been able to process that? You know, why that was going on? Well, that was. Uh, that was actually one of the big turning points that God used to turn me towards him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, I, I recognize later in life that there's a difference between knowing Christ or accepting him, that he is God, that there is God, and following him. Mm-hmm. It's a huge difference. And for me, the abortion and the change in the relationship was a big part of that. Whereas for me, I got depressed. I was, I don't know, I didn't know how to really pursue from that. But for her, she fell back on her faith. And I'm so thankful for that because when she did that, that's what drew, that's what drew me. Um, I started questioning her, like, why do you believe in this? Why are we reading a Bible? And But I'm like, well, you're doing it, so I'm going to do it too. Dealing with the guilt and the shame of having had an abortion How have you worked through that? Because this is relatable to every human being on the planet, whether it's an abortion or it's something else. Right. Yeah, we we all do things that we regret, right? I mean, we all do things that we look back on later or even right after we do it or before we do it. Don't do that. Don't do that. But then you do it and then, oh, God, and you regret it. And it's one of those things that I have really had to work through and I didn't for a very long time. I just I just put it away in the that part of my brain that I didn't have to think about, mm-hmm. but it just kept coming back. Um, one of the things my pastor is fond of saying is that secrets seep. You know, over time, I mean, you just it's yeah. not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. And you know, sin works that same way. And you know, for me, working through the guilt of that um, was very much tied to my identity wrapped up in pursuing my own sexual fulfillment and really worshiping at the altar of what's going to make me happy. Mm-hmm. That's what it was tied in for me. Honestly, you know, working through the pornography for for the years that followed, that really was the impetus to dealing with the abortion. It was your drug of choice, if you will. Oh, yeah. 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 For sure. Right. I mean, I, I used to work with a leadership organization and, and one of the things that um, was just kind of just necessary to know is as we, you know, worked with people through that organization was just that um, 80% of what we do is driven by our desire to avoid pain or gain pleasure. Right. 20% of the time we're not, you know, we're maybe thinking about what's right, what's the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing to do. But 80% of the time we're just trying to get away from the pain. Yeah. And in, in so many of the, the things that we do as adults is leftovers from what we learned how to do the wrong way as kids. And that's one of those things I had to learn as well is that why do I keep doing the same thing over and over again? It's because there was a wound, there was a trauma, there was a, well, this is how I dealt with this as a kid. And that's still some, still the way I'm dealing with it now. So I can definitely relate to that. So how did you, how have you come to p- peace with having been part of that abortion, yeah. how have you? And and for me, I'm thinking, how did you finally accept that God forgives you mm. and, so, for, and forgive yourself? All right, I don't know. 
some people think in numbers, some people think in words, some people have like this really amazing memory. I think in pictures a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when there's an image, uh, it's one of the reasons that pornography was so easy for me to fall into is because that's the way my brain, that's the way my brain works. But there was this image that countered all of that guilt and shame. Some artist, I don't know who it was, but there's this image of the cross. Jesus is standing in front of the cross. This dude with a blue jeans and a yeah. t-shirt and in his right hand he's got the hammer and his left hand he's got the nails and he's just bawling mm-hmm. in Jesus's chest he's got his head buried yeah. in Jesus's chest and Jesus's hands his arms are just embracing this mm-hmm. man like and oh my goodness there has been so many times where my self-condemnation, the 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 guilt just rises up like you want to vomit. Like it's just, yeah. it comes it just in waves. I feel but that. that image of remembering, there's the scripture that says that before the foundations of the, of the earth were laid, I knew you. Mm-hmm. That tells me that Jesus knew everything that I was going to do far before I was ever born. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he created the world intentionally with me in it mm-hmm. hmm. knowing that i would blaspheme his name knowing that i would murder my first child mm. knowing that i would oh wound so many people mm. myself included and bring that guilt with me into relationships and hurt so many people as a result of it mm. he knew who i was going to be and he made the world intentionally with me in it. Right. I mean, that's covenant. Yeah. That's covenant love. That's, that screams to me like, I want to be with you. And you can't start crying, Shauna. I'm going to cry too. I'm (laughs) trying to hold it together here, but it just screams (laughs) like you are so worth pursuing. You are so worth knowing. You are so worth loving. And I realize there's going to be stuff that's going to break my heart. Yeah. But I am covenanting with you and I want to be with you through all of it, no matter what. If you, if you struggle with self-hatred because of what you've done in your life, you hate yourself, I just want you to know that it's no chance you're listening and mm. that there is a God Amen. who is embracing you right now. He knows the, the good, the bad, the ugly, and he loves you. And I'm just, I'm just asking because I can identify with this self-hatred and this shame the only remedy I've found is to be embraced by Jesus. Now, it's looked in certain ways for me. Uh, you know, I've been embraced by Jesus in certain ways. I'm just asking that the Lord Jesus and good Abba Father and the Holy Spirit would show you that you don't have to hate yourself any longer, that he really does love you. You were reading... And you happen to be in Job, and yeah. there was a moment here that changed your life. Yeah. T- take us right to that moment. You're reading this devotional, Our Daily Bread, and you're reading in Job. Yeah, Job, shout out to to God for allowing Job to be in the Bible, because that, <laughs> it's, it still rocks my world. I, I distinctly remember when my girlfriend and I would be reading, and like, why are we reading this? This is, this is baloney. 
you know, this is this is just a, a fairy tale kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. And she throws it, and I, I ask her, so do you really think that God created everything in seven days? Do you really think that there were a big flood and all these animals on this boat? I'm like, do you really, this is all baloney. And she said, well, yeah. Well, what do you, how do you think it all started then? Yeah. And as much as I thought the Bible story was baloney, Everything that came out of my mouth after she asked me that question was complete hogwash. It hmm. it was completely made up. I was making it up as I went along because I'm like, well, how does everything come from nothing? Hmm. And it just it just shook me. And as I'm struggling with this, we're reading through we're reading the, our daily bread, and we come to this point. I'm like, okay, Job has this really terrible situation. His friends suck. They're trying their best, but they keep on condemning him like I normally do to myself and um, like I so tend to want to do if I don't shut my mouth when my friends are going through something hard too. And then God answers Job Mm -hmm. and that it just floored me. Again, I was abandoning faith. I didn't have any any Bible knowledge and God answers Job audibly Mm -hmm. out of the whirlwind, out of the Mm -hmm. storm. And the verse... Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Uh, I braced myself before the next line that says, brace yourself like a man and I will question you and Mm. you will answer me. Like, oh my word, that it rocked my world because I didn't think that God answers prayer. I didn't think that God answers anything. And if God's going to answer Job in any way, he's going to say, I'm really sorry you had to go through this or be this empathetic thing. No, stand up. Be a man, and and you're going to answer me. And Job's response is like, I have nothing to say. <laughs> you know, I spoke at a turn, but it was this night, as this was going on, that this very violent thunderstorm was coming through. And I distinctly remember on the second floor, we're you know we're reading this, and a bunch of my dorm mates were coming in because they were playing Red Rover in the park. And they were all soaking wet and I'm in my swimming trunks. I'm like, no, I am going to meet God tonight. Mm. One way or another, I'm going to get struck down dead or, or he's going to say something or whatever. And so I'm standing alone in the middle of a field, which is a really dumb idea. I wouldn't suggest it to anyone, but I was doing this and I was trying my best to stand up. I was trying my best to you know, stand my ground against God. Yeah. And like, why are you, why does this happening? Why did all this crap happen in my life? Right. Why am I here? Are you really there? Like the questions that we all have at some mm-hmm. place yeah, in our heart, yeah, right? For sure. And as I'm trying to stand up, like the lightning is crashing around and one strikes really, really close to me. And the thunder, the thunderclap just Mm -hmm. shakes me to my knees. Mm -hmm. And here I am. I was standing defiant. And now I'm on all fours as the wind is howling around me. And I'm, God, you brought me to my knees before you. And I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear a voice. I didn't, but I just, I was humbled, Mm. to put it mildly. Mm -hmm. And it change the direction of the way that I look at God from that point because I realize the hollowness of my own arguments against him. Mm-hmm. An brought, unwilling convert, kind of like C.S. Lewis. So, <laughs> Yeah, he brought you to your knees. And yeah. what I'm hearing you say is in that moment, you realized, oh, you are God and yeah. I'm not. Yeah. 
That's exactly right. And there's a knowing that doesn't require words. Mm. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what you experienced in that field. There's a knowing that doesn't require words. God speaks and you it may not come out in words, but he wants to be known by you. Yeah. If you right now in this moment you're just like, yeah, I don't know, I you know, I don't know how I ended up on this station and I don't know why they're talking about God and creation and existence and pain and all of these things, but dang, I feel all of these things. God wants to be known by you. He will speak to your heart. There's a storm coming today. I'm not recommending you head out into the storm, but it may just be an invitation for you to meet the real God and to know him for who he really is. So you would look at yourself in the mirror yeah, and just hate yourself. I would avoid mirrors pretty much at all costs. And I wish it was like the vampire thing where like I was invisible in the mirror. That's how I would have preferred it. But and for for myself, every time I would see me in the mirror, I would hear the condemnation of my past. Mm. I would hear words of accusation. I would hear words that I didn't do. I would hear accusations of who I'm going to be. Mm. I would hear words of death. It well, was haunting yeah. to look at myself Lies. in the mirror. Oh, yeah. Curses, Truth really. plus curses plus, yeah, it was, it was both. So I just, I avoided it like the plague. And when more so than any normal man, I guess, but, but after this experience and pursuing and pursuing a local church, which so thankful to my, to my home there, um, that embraced me and led me to Christ after receiving Christ and choosing to follow him Mm -hmm. through this experience, I went back to that mirror and declared what God has spoken over me. Mm. And I just, I looked at myself in the eye and I said, Chris, you are amazing. Mm -hmm. You are beautiful. You were made on purpose. God loves you. You wouldn't exist if it wasn't for his love for you. You have a plan. You have a purpose. Like these Instead of hearing the curses, it was, it was, and this is the way my mind goes. I was hearing like the screams of the demons saying, no, don't listen. But I just, every time I would hear the negative, I would counter it with the truth that God has Mm -hmm. made, declared over me. That's it right there. That's the secret sauce. Yeah. And you do that every morning still. Uh, Most mornings. Yeah. Most Mm -hmm. mornings. I have a time of contemplation and I just try to remind myself that I was made for union with Christ. Yes. And that's got to be my pursuit every day. Chris, it has been such a joy to get to know you. Oh, you represent you. the heart of God. You're you're a carrier of the gospel. You've got the ball. You know what I mean? And you're running for Team Jesus. And I know that life isn't perfect. Yeah. And it is a joy to walk with you and to pray together with you and to see God show up in all of our lives. And I just wanna I just wanna tell you, I don't know, I just feel like this is important for right now. Yeah. You you are carrying the ball and you are advancing the kingdom of God. You are representing him. You're a carrier of the spirit of God and the presence of God wherever you go. So keep running. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for listening to Barry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.